And I'm Andrew Work back on Money Talk. And now we uh, cast our gaze north of the Hong Kong border to our friends in mainland China. It's The View from mainland China with Yanan Wu, the chairman and CEO of Surfing Group. Good morning, Yanan. Good morning, Andrew. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Great. Uh, beautiful Monday morning so far. Where are you? In Be- you're in Beijing or Shanghai? Yeah, I'm based in uh, Singapore right now. Oh, in Singapore. That's right. You're, you're down in Singapore, yeah, yeah. but very, very close eye on what's happening in China. I know, yeah. you're, I know you're a data guy, and you've been looking at some of the numbers coming in with the CPI and PPI. Tell me what's going on there and why, why you've got your eye on it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the global uh, economy re- uh, relies upon the reopening of China, you know, after the post-COVID, uh, starting from this year. So uh, the, uh, the consumer demand in U.S. and other areas, uh, global demand uh, is, uh, uh, you know, reducing. So uh, everybody eyes on China's reopening, whether it can drive up the demand. Uh, mm. From a global economic recovery, uh, but when I when we look at the CPI number and PPI number for April in China, uh, the, uh, the CPI in, uh, April you know is only modestly up 0.1 uh, percent uh, year on year, and but if you look at the PPI number, produce price mm-hmm. uh, actually down 3.6 percent year on year, mm. and among that uh, yeah the. Uh, capital goods uh, index is down 0.6 percent uh, month on month. So it shows that the uh, the on the production side, you know, still the destocking is the main theme for China's uh, uh, industrial production, and uh, the index uh, is going down. Still, uh, is a six uh, you know six years decline continuously. So which shows the in, in industrial production in China still haven't recovered or at least another level that I would expect to. And mm-hmm. from the consumer side, you know, the CPI shows the consumer behavior still have not changed, uh, you know, fundamentally from the COVID uh, area. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at the main golden week, uh, although the number of tourists, uh, you know, climb up, uh, uh, you know, recover significantly from last year, but uh, the spending on the tourist industry from consumers are uh, still very rational and, uh, you know, uh, slowly recover. So mm-hmm. I think uh, that's remained to be seen from the demand, uh, in tr- domestic demand in China can pick up uh, later this year. Yeah. I mean, you, you laid out kind of what, what is, a, is a bit of a common narrative that the world is going to be depending on China to pick up after COVID because they're predicting, um, you know, a recession toward in the United States towards the end of the year. But I mean, we haven't really gotten there yet, have we? Because as you've said, China hasn't really picked up as much as people thought. And the American economy is just booming along, you know, regardless of what the Fed has done. Uh, I mean, Americans are spending not on goods, as it turns out, but a lot on services. Um, I mean, are, is there is there a potential for this narrative to shift, or do you do you think it's just taking a little while to arrive at a point where you know China is expected five point five percent growth for the year, and an American recession will finally kick in? Yeah, I think so far the global economy recovery really uh, very regionalized, mm. as you just pointed out. You know, the the U.S. and the Europe has the, the demand is uh, still slow, and uh, you know has uh, been seeing the uh, you know significant recovery last two years, but this year kind of slows down, especially on the inflation side. Uh, you know, Fed is still worried about uh, wage inflation, 
and also the inflation pressure from uh, you know pr- uh, various prices, especially uh, due to the geopolitical tension you know between Russia and uh, Ukraine still drives out energy price and the food price. Mm. So that gave a kind of more like a stagflation pressure from the uh, for U.S. and the other countries. But if you look at uh, Southeast Asia, the, uh, the the recovery of course is still uh, grows quite uh, rapidly and uh, if. The export numbers for China, you know, still shining uh, besides uh, investment uh, and the consumers. And, but the, the majority of exports for China is still uh, from uh, Southeast Asia, not rather than from U.S. and Europe. So, so I think the economic activity in Southeast Asia uh, still remains robust and strong so far. Okay. And, that, and, and that's, the G7 yeah. summit. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, go ahead. If you launch it to the G7 summit, what's your take? Yeah, yeah, I think the G7 summit uh, this weekend is also very interesting, talking about the, uh, you know, coordination platform, you know, how economic uh, 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 coercion, you know, uh, uh, regarding the risk of supply chain decoupling risk. Uh, so, so I think uh, the supply chain, uh, you know, still pose the big uh, inflational pressure uh, globally and also, uh, you know, decoupling. Uh, about the different regions, uh, different uh, you know sectors in, what, in the industry. What, what do you make of this uh, this European back term de-risking instead of decoupling? Do you think it's substantive, or do you think it's just kind of uh, you know kind of window window dressing to make it sound nicer? But the, really, this means the same thing. Uh, I think there's still uh, pose a certain risk of decoupling, especially on uh, some key sectors. Uh, you know, just uh, over the weekend, uh, China also, you know, uh, releases a sanction policy against Micron, right? So the semiconductor and chips uh, mm-hmm. become a national security. Uh, you know, U.S. Uh, sanction on uh, China for semiconductor chip industry in China, or during the also the uh, uh, from its own end. So, so I think uh, both uh, regions. Uh, uh, still sees the key sector pose a national uh, security or international uh, strategic importance. So I think the decoupling risk uh, still remains. Mm. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, China has this, uh, you know, G, you know, China Central Asia Summit yeah. as well. You know, in the same time of G7 summit in Hiroshima, uh, there are Central Asia summit happens in Xi'an, the beginning of Silk Road. So China wants to develop an independent commodity, energy, agriculture, you know, product, the supply chain from Central Asia as well. Yeah, yeah. So trying to diversify the risk. Yeah, definitely moving into a multipolar world with China trying to get its own digs in. Well, thank you very much to Yanan Wu, Chairman yeah. and CEO of the Surfing Group, for joining us today.